Hello, everybody. This is Alex Barthet with the LeanZone.com podcast. Today, we're going to talk about three documentation tips to help you get paid. And we have an expert in the field who's going to tell us about that. Wendy, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Alex? Very good. Um, so, Wendy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and eSub? Sure. So, I'm founder and CEO of eSub. Um, it is a platform for trade contractors, skill trades. Um, it's basically a, a, a system whereby we utilize cloud technology um, in the back end and link it to mobile devices and apps in the field. And it's a platform for the trades to be able to run their projects, run their business operations, leading with the field, so field first, um, to be able to document and track their projects, have an archive of everything that we do on the job, and communicate proactively and effectively to the general contractor. And uh, I started my, my uh, business many years ago prior to creating the platform. Um, I was just talking with Alex. Uh, we have some something in common because I ran a consulting firm with a team of attorneys um, that assisted uh, skilled trades in documenting according to best practices on a project so that we got paid for all of the work that we did. We were tracking all issues that were affecting our progress and our profits. And then uh, later on turned all of those paper-based uh, best practices into a cloud-based and app-based program that now we can automate and implement into the field and integrating into accounting software platforms in the office to be able to keep everybody connected, keep things from falling through the cracks, be able to have the field and the office work in tandem um, at all times and to be able to ultimately protect our profits. You know, many people think, uh, many people in the trade, especially those that are new, think that um, signing the contract, doing the work means you get paid. And, and unfortunately, as a construction lawyer here in South Florida, um, that's like the bare minimum. Like that's, you have to do that if you want any hope of getting paid. Um, documentation is absolutely critical to be able to support uh, the effort to get paid at the closeout of the job and even during the job um, with respect to change orders. And you've got three tips for us on how to do that. So what's your first tip, Wendy? Yeah. So it all starts with the daily report. Um, a daily report is not just something that you know people should be doing on a weekly basis, which oftentimes you see when you've got people doing, you know, they tend to think of it as, uh, I got to get my dailies in and you know, back in the day, it used to be handwriting them on a piece of paper, putting them into a binder, all of that. But, um, you know, back in the day when, when we were representing people and putting together paper-based processes, you know, it's a binder, but that binder was your Bible of the project. It, it, it's your archive. Now, fortunately, through the cloud and through mobile devices, we have a daily report that you can access and, and uh, fill in either via a computer, a tablet, or even your phone. And um, hopefully you're going to be, your, your foreman in the field are going to be um, 
issuing those daily reports and archiving the project on a daily basis because the daily report, I call it your single most important profit protection tool because it's not what coulda, shoulda, or woulda happened on the project. It's everything that happened that day um, on the project that needs to be archived because there may be things that we used to call, and Alex will be familiar with this terms, you know, uh, delays and disruptions. Those are the things that threaten our profits, and they could be caused by weather conditions. They could be caused by other trades that um, weren't finished by the time we showed up to do the work that we were assigned to do. They could be due to unforeseen site conditions, things that were happening on the construction site that uh, you know, we didn't account for unless we're tracking those proactively and then coming in and archiving any delays that we have on the job and um, assigning cause to those delays. Uh, we are not going to have any of the documented evidence of any kind of uh, interruption to our progress on the job. And of course, at the end of the day, that's when you have the dicey topics of you know, everything that none of us want to really talk about, but it's there, which has to do with liens or liquidated damages or construction claims or any of those negative things that none of us want. So you know, the most one, one of the things that's interesting, Wendy, is that is that sure. people people perceive um, that well, everyone was there. Everyone would know that 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 delay took place. So if we take an example, right? I'm the uh, drywall contractor on a project and as the building is going up it's going up slower than it should it's not getting dried in as quickly as it should um, so i can't start my drywall work and at some point as the job gets late and those preceding trades catch up now i'm the one that gets to show up and do the work and everyone is rushing me now they may have been rushing other people but now my time period to work is compressed because everyone needs me to go faster. And I seem like the holdup because people can't do the work uh, after me because I haven't done my drywall work. Well, I couldn't do my drywall work according to the original schedule because the um, windows didn't go in, the roof didn't go in, the structure wasn't ready for me. Um, if you don't have that documented in your dailies, that those were the things that were happening before you started your work, it becomes very hard to prove to the contractor and owner that that's why um, the job is late. It's not late because I'm late. It's late because of all the things that happened before me on the job. So, so you're absolutely right. Getting that information in every day of the things that are impacting the job um, is is absolutely critical. And I would also interject that there's the, there's, and I don't know if you got to do this in your um, prior life, but there's the right way and a wrong way to write dailies. I'm not sure if you got into those details when you were uh, a consultant. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, first of all, it, dailies are not opinions. Dailies are what happened on the project. Um, and so that's why it's, it's important to have the proper data in your dailies. Um, you know, for instance, uh, again, you want to be able to, to have access to the weather that day for the exact situation that you were just talking about. You want to be able to have um, uh, 
comments throughout the day that you can enter into your dailies as you go um, throughout the day. So if you want to talk about, you know, extra work favors, you want to talk about scheduling issues, you want to talk about anything that is impactful to our progress on that day and to be able to parse those comments out. So for instance, we have what I call a two-way facing daily report where we've got internal comments that are things that we may want to be tracking as a team internally um, because they affect our business operations. But then we've also got external comments, which we need to be issuing up to the general contractor um, because I like to say that information doesn't have to be confrontation. If we're on the job site and we are tracking any type of things that are impeding our progress, it's likely that it's impeding the progress of the job in general as well. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's very important to be able to, again, not come in with any type of an opinion, but also but with, you know, evidence of, um, you know, what's impacting our progress that day. Um, what's interesting in is, is the internal versus external, because that's one of the things that we talk to clients about um, when it comes to daily best practice, uh, writing dailies and the best practices. So for example, if going back to my situation, if I'm the drywall contractor, if I needed 30 guys there and only nine showed up, that's the type of thing that I want to write internally. It's not the type of information I want to put in my dailies that would be um, external. Uh, so to the extent you want to track that information, you want to do it, the the information that may be harmful to you, you want to do that in a way that doesn't broadcast it to, um, to the world because it's going to be problematic. Um, so we got dailies done. What's, what's number two, what's, what's the second tip, uh, documentation tip to get paid. Yeah. One other thing before I I go on to step two, also in dailies, um, Alex, with best practices, the other thing that is super important to do um, along the lines of what you were just talking about has to do with the number of hours that our um, teams were working on, you know, a specific cost code, which we capture in our dailies. Um, But then you want to be able to track productive hours and non-productive hours. And you want to be able to, productive hours is what you're going to pay your people, basically, what you're going to be passing off to the accounting platform that you're using. Non-productive hours are the hours where we have to pay our people, but we were not able to be productive because of, and then in our system, for instance, we force our people to put in a reason why we were unproductive, which at the end of the day becomes the foundation for a delay claim. Absolutely. Um, And so when you have that embedded into the DNA and the architecture of the software itself, that's where we are protecting our profits and staying proactive about our communication and archiving that for the future because we're not documenting for today. We're documenting for six months, 12 months, whatever the duration of the project is moving into the future because that's when we're going to be negotiating out final payment. So. Yeah, that's that's actually a very important part, uh, point to, that you bring up because we find that most clients lose money, uh, that clients lose money on jobs because 
not because they did more work than they anticipated, but it's because they were less productive than they anticipated or expected. Um, whether that was a bad bid, whether that was issues on the job, um, but it's usually we. It's not because they did a hundred thousand dollars more actual work that they didn't plan for. It's that they were a hundred thousand dollars less productive, um, and tracking that lack of productivity um, is critical. I would call that a pro tip. I mean, I'd like to think that many of the people that are listening are are doing their dailies um, like we talked about. So this is kind of the level up, um, which is tracking productivity. Um, but I, I, we have clients and um, opposing parties in cases, and you know they do dailies for the first week, and then, and then that's it. We don't see another daily for the rest of the job. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's a nightmare situation, isn't it? So the way I think that, that when I think about pro tips. Um, and the best way to handle that, we actually tie our dailies into time. Um, and the reason that we do that is because you can you can get really detailed labor productivity metrics um, in real time based off of just putting in your crew and the cost code that they were working on and then creating the time off of that. And then when you pull in your budget from the beginning of the job, so your estimate and your work breakdown structure, and then you're comparing actuals against that with the dailies where you're reporting time and associating it to cost codes, you can come in and you can see very, very detailed labor productivity reports and also be able to forecast with real-time data from the field. So that's that's where, yeah, that's, that's where, you know, a platform um, and what we call, you know, we're a cloud-based system. So we have a structured database that takes all of these data points and is able to basically through business intelligence, be able to tell us how we are doing um, our estimates versus our actuals and where we are in real time at all times. And again, to your, to your point, it's not only gonna tell us what our labor productivity is and our percentage of efficiency in every single area of every job and across our entire company, in fact, um, it's also going to show us in some areas, if we're overproductive, that means that we need to sharpen our pencil on the next bid if we're seeing trending in that in that direction too. So couldn't agree with you more with regard to the need to be able to track our labor productivities because as the skilled trades, that's where we make or break our profits. So let's talk about the second tip. What's, what's tip number two um, for documentation? Yeah, so tip number two is going to go into evidence, basically, backup, um, photos. Uh, we, we try to train our people to make a habit of starting out the day and continually throughout the day snapping photographs of anything that uh, causes either insights or actions in the office. And it's a, it's a methodology that we like to encourage our people to use. Um, you can use it, you know, with your own devices. You can have mobile, uh, you know, phones in the field, snap a photograph within our, within our program. We have, we also tie that to, uh, talk to text notes. Um, we date and timestamp every single photograph automatically when it's done, uh, within the app. And then we encourage our people to use, uh, keywords in our, um, in our text 
uh, documentation throughout the day. And keywords may have something to do with, for instance, delay, um, disruption, RFI, change order, anything, again, that that photo is showing us that we want to ping to the back office to give them the insight to create the document that is associated with that photo and sometimes several documents um, so that the office and field are working in tandem. So, you know, the challenge prior to having, uh, you know, the cloud and mobile devices is that we attempted to run our field through our accounting platforms. Um, and so a lot of people probably, you know, resonate with this. So our accounting folks were constantly asking our field people to come in and tell us what was happening so that we could bill for it. Um, because we didn't have mobile devices in the field. We didn't have any ways of capturing what's happening in the field, which is where we make our or break our profits. So when you get into a system and a methodology of uh, taking photographs within the field, tying them into issues that are affecting our progress, or into insights or actions for creating documentation in the back office that the back office can see, then you're really working in tandem as a team with the office and field working together. So that's actually our third tip, right? Which is making sure you have the right system. But before we get to that, I wanted to interject something about photos. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the methodology that you've presented about what to take photos of is great, but I would also suggest, and we recommend to our clients, that they routinely take photos of unrelated or seemingly unrelated items. So for example, um, the, so if we go back as an example to my uh, first example of I'm the drywall contractor, um, mm -hmm. one would think that the pictures I, I would be taking would be of the inside of the building. Um, and that's true, but at the same time, it's, it's important that you take pictures of the outside of the building, right? Because that may impact um, the things that are happening or give context to what may occur later as you present your evidence to the contractor or owner or at an arbitration or in litigation. I can give you an example. We represented a um, drywall contractor, so happens to be, with, uh, that also did the stucco on a high-rise building here in South Florida. And uh, he could do his drywall work, but he had a hard time doing his uh, stucco work. And that was because the post-tension cables were sticking out of the building. They hadn't been tightened and capped yet. Um, so fortunately, we had lots of pictures on a pretty daily basis um, of those PT cables sticking out of the building, which helped us show that, you know, we're not late. How do you expect us to send a swing stage down to do our work when you have all of these um, cables sticking out? Um, we had another case where um, access to the buck hoist was a significant bottleneck. So we had pictures every day of the line of people waiting to get into the buck hoist. Now, yeah. as a drywall contractor, you would think, well, do I really need to take pictures of that? But I would suggest if you take pictures of, of the field, of the things that are happening around 
the, the project site of the project as a whole as you step back. Those pictures actually become surprisingly important if you need a, to litigate or arbitrate your case. Um, what about Absolutely. videos? Um, Same thing. Um, you know, it, to your point, Alex, photographs, videos, that's telling the story of the project. So when you show up to the job and again, think about anything that is impacting us, right? In a negative or even a positive way, potentially that could be, you know, the inside of the building, but it could be the outside of the building. It could be people standing in line. I mean, we're seeing a lot of that right now, especially with COVID, um, you know, where you've got one elevator to get up, one lift. And so you've got people that are standing down at the bottom waiting to get onto the job site. You need to document all of these things because they are affecting our progress. Um, photos, videos, all super, super important um, at the end of the day. Um, and make sure that ideally they are date and time stamped, right? Correct. And that they are contextualized through a daily report um, that again, nowadays you can do daily reports off of your phone. You can use talk to text to put in very detailed notes without having to, you know, fat finger or type them or try to remember at the end of the day because, uh, you know, we're doing our daily reports at the end of the day or we're doing them at the end of the week, um, which, you know, is, is not ideal um, because you're not going to remember what happened. But you're telling a story of the project and that story is the archive and especially with the construction defects and all sorts of things that are going out there, you need to have an archive of the project that lives on after the life of the project. Yeah, those notes are critical because if you're taking a picture of Unit 602, it looks a lot like Unit 603, which looks a lot like Unit 604, right? I mean, mm -hmm. how are you going to tell afterwards without those notes what you were taking a picture of or why it was important? So, yeah, all all great tips. So let's... Let's get to our last tip, which is using the right system. What do you mean by that? Oh, so um, you need to use a platform that is designed for the business objectives of your company. And when you think about it, I, I do lots of public speaking about the migration of technology and construction and how it sort of started out with um, accounting systems. You know, those are on-premise solutions, um, very robust. They were the first to penetrate the construction industry, followed shortly after by sort of estimating systems, also on-premise. Um, but when it comes to your, for the skilled trades, we make or break our profits off of our, our labor in the field. And unfortunately, um, with increased complexity in design, of a lot of these buildings, we're seeing that we're submitting our bids and, and our submittals even um, on projects that are, in some cases, 30 to 50% designed when we're submitting our documentation. So what that means is that there are significantly more changes that are going on. It's design as we go. And if we're not capturing those changes real time in the field and contextualizing those the same way that we were just talking about, we are not going to get paid for that work um, because we don't get paid for the work that we do. We get paid for the work that we document. And we all know, 
you know, the terrible industry statistics of if we're not document proactively, effectively, um, you know, we're going to be paid 50 cents on the dollar. You know, we're lucky to get that, right? Um, so so it's, it's important to not only make sure that you're documenting in the field, but you're not caught in this catch-22 situation that we've had, you know, in the past when we were trying to manually document where I'm too busy doing the work and that I don't have time to do what to document what I'm doing. We need to be able to do both. And we need to be able to have a simple solution that was purpose built for the trades to be able to do that. So we need to be able to document and do the work um, so that we can optimize our profits on the project. Um, the other thing that it you know makes it very relevant is there are a lot of um, software systems. In fact, there's a Last count I heard was about 2,600 construction software solutions out on the market. Oh my gosh, that's that's a that's a daunting number to think. If if I'm a painter, where do I go? Where do I go? Um, but 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 the problem is is that um, the majority of them were either not built for subs or. Um, or their point solutions that may do one thing in the field, but they don't connect the dots on the information in a platform that's relevant for us. Um, so, for instance, there's you know cloud-based solutions that were developed for owners and general contractors, and of course they talk about well you can you know dumb them down and you can use that as a sub, but but that doesn't really fulfill our business needs. Um, general contractors, for the most part, are in the business of kind of routing paperwork between, you know, the architects, the owners, the engineers, the consultants, the, you know, and then as they're designing, as they're going, kind of shooting down the changes into the field. And we're off kilter. We're trying to keep track of, you know, it's like we're our hair's on fire all the time. We're just trying right. to keep up with all the changes and do the work that we don't have time to document what we're doing. But again, that's where we we get into problems. And so what we want is we want a, a system that is purpose built for our business needs, which is tracking our labor, tracking the delta between what we bid and what we did so that we can get paid for that that amount because guess, the amount is significant. I guess if we're starting from scratch, right, a spreadsheet's better than paper. Yes. Um, software in your office is better than a spreadsheet. Um, so any software design generally for this is better than, than the spreadsheet. But again, going back to your point, uh, a, a purpose-built software platform for your business is better than one that may fit your business, but wasn't designed for your business. Perfectly um, said. So I'm going to add one bonus tip, even though we're, we're running a little long here um, on documentation. Um, and then we'll wrap this up. Meeting minutes. Uh, we see meeting minutes a lot. I'm sure that uh, your platform can archive meeting minutes as they're generated. But, but the tip that I have for folks is um, participate in the meeting, review the meeting minutes that are generated, um, and make sure that the meeting minutes accurately reflect what happened at the meeting. It is surprisingly common where we have a client tell us, 
well, I was at the meeting and I complained that I couldn't get my work done because the buck hoist was down or, um, you know, the framer didn't have his uh, framing done on the 17th floor. But when I look in the meeting minutes, none of that is referenced. Um, so to the extent that you, that there are meeting minutes on your project, um, that you review the meeting minutes, and that if things are not accurately reflected in the meeting minutes, that you send a follow-up email to the party that maintains the meeting minutes and tell them, here are the changes that I have because this this happened in the meeting and it's not reflected in the meeting minutes. Um, because what some folks do is they use meeting minutes to, let's call it politely rewrite history, right? So mm -hmm. they can they can avoid things from um, scrutiny uh, because they just leave it out of the meeting minutes. Um, so, so true. Yeah. yeah. So Wendy, if someone had questions uh, about this podcast or wanted to learn more about eSub, how can they get a hold of you? Sure. So um, more than welcome to reach out to me directly or to my team. Um, the name of the company is eSub. eSub.com is our website. Um, we actually, you know, because my my background is so similar to, to your pedigree as well, um, we are huge on education. So we've got, oh, goodness, hundreds of blogs, um, uh, best practices, tips, all sorts of things um, available on the website. Um, also, feel free to reach out to me personally or anyone on my team. Um, I've been... I've been working for the trade contractors, my beloved trades. I, I call us the Rodney Dangerfields of the industry because we do all of the work and we get none of the respect. Right. <laughs> and everybody refers to the general contractor as the builder and the general contractor doesn't build anything. It's the trades that do, the skilled trades. Um, so I'm very, very passionate about you know, protecting profits, um, establishing best practices, optimizing profits, um, and also optimizing collaboration for the benefit of the project as a whole. Again, I, I, I hate it when it gets to confrontation. I'd rather just proactively document so we're avoiding confrontation, but we're still getting paid for the work that we do. So feel free to reach out to me. Um, again, you can. it's super complicated, wendy at eseb.com. And I love engaging in conversations with my beloved skilled trades and and seeing if there's any way that we can help them to be more effective, more efficient, and especially in these days where we're suffering from, you know, severe uh, skilled labor shortages, um, we've got to be able to do more work with less people because it's it's you know very difficult to find uh, people and to keep them. And so um, I'm passionate about seeing any way that I can help. Perfect. Um, well, thank you, everybody. Uh... And feel free to reach out to Wendy. And until next time, uh, this is Alex Barthet with the LeanZone.com podcast.